What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. On today's episode here, we've got a bad lock board to review. Uh, we've got a fun episode, though, for uh, a Thanksgiving themed. We'll we'll share that later. And a look at the NBA draft. It was kind of a quiet NBA draft, but we'll look at the NBA draft and pick out some winners and losers and uh, go from there. So now let me introduce you guys to the rest of the crew. What is going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most. And uh, uh, good week for the Steelers. Steelers are still undefeated. But unfortunately, uh, I have been on a downward spiral into the garbage can and the log board the past few weeks, and uh, <laughs> especially this week, too. So, um, well, we kind of all had a downward spiral yeah. into the garbage can this week. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping to get things turned around this week and uh, – Hopefully the Steelers can continue their undefeated streak on Thanksgiving. And what's going on, y'all? This is Eric, your ranting co-host here. I could rant about my lockboard performance again. <laughs> I could rant about my Jaguars again. I could rant about my Oklahoma City Thunder. I could I could rant about my Tennessee Volunteers. Weekly picks. I could rant <laughs> on my weekly picks. I could rant on just about everything, but <laughs> except your gonna, fantasy team. <laughs> well, yeah, I am I am winning in the Conger Family League. That and my and I got my survival pick right. That's about the only good thing that happened. Those are about the only two good things that happened for me, but. I'm going to try to not focus on the rant because this is our Thanksgiving episode. We're going to be thankful. And so I'm going to try to focus on that. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's Nate here. Um, I actually had a decent week in the lock board for once. Um, it was a bad week overall. Uh, I got one pick right, and Zach got the only other <laughs> pick right for the week. But uh, I'll take five points, and uh, the Packers choked away what should have been three more points. So. Overall, can't be too upset. Um, hoping to get back on the right, stay on the right track with that this week. And I'm um, looking forward to talk about, talking about uh, what we're thankful thankful for in the uh, NFL this year. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Which uh, is not much for most of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, this has been a hard year for our, our teams, for sure. Except for Connor. That's like his team's blowing away everybody else. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so... Uh, obviously this is Thanksgiving week, so we wanted to come together and make a Thanksgiving themed episode, not quite to the extent where we took that, uh, Halloween episode. We're not going like that far with it this time, but, uh, we do have, uh, our main NFL topic planned around Thanksgiving. So I'm going to let Connor go ahead and explain what that's going to be all about. And then we can get going with it. Yeah. So our main topic this week is since, the four of us, apart from me, don't exactly have too much to be thankful for for our NFL teams this year. We decided that we're going to take all 32 NFL teams, and we each have been assigned one team per division. And we're going to say we're going to come up with one thing, at least one thing, that each team should be thankful for, and maybe a little bit longer responses on our uh, our favorite teams. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so we're going to get started with the AFC East. I have the pleasure of going first with the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> and um, I guess if I had to say what the Bills would be thankful for, they would, should probably be thankful that Josh Allen is turning into a, a franchise quarterback at this, at this point. That's been like the one thing that the Bills have been missing for the past God knows how long. <laughs> I'm sure my dad <laughs> could attest to uh, 
the Bills' long hunt for a quarterback since Jim Kelly left. So they should be very thankful that Josh Allen has continued his development and is turning into a franchise quarterback. Yeah, and, and I've got the Dolphins next for the AFC East. Um, it's a little bit similar. We don't know how Tua is going to develop, but still, if you're a Dolphins fan, be thankful for Tua because he's showing promise that he's going to be the franchise quarterback. But even more than Tua, be thankful that you've got um, Brian Flores as your head coach because he's quickly turning into one of the best coaches in the NFL. And the way he's turned around that defense, it's turning into a New England-style defense. So... Uh, the the Dolphins could make the playoffs this year, which would be great. But even beyond this season, when you have a coach like Flores, I think you're always going to be a competitive team. So the Dolphins really should be thankful this year. All right. So I've got uh, my personal favorite team, the Patriots. Um, what? And there's not a whole lot to be thankful for this year. Obviously, it's a little <laughs> bit of a down year for um, the team, especially uh, given what the expectations usually are. But um, me thankful for anything is that running the show, and it sounds like he has no intentions of um, leaving anytime soon. So I think uh, we can all be thankful for that, for the fact that um, things are hopefully going to be uh, back on the right track pretty soon here. All right, and I have the J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so obviously, while the Jets are the worst team in the NFL, I do think Jets fans have a couple things to be thankful for. Uh, one is going to be that most likely uh, Adam Gase will not be their head coach next year. I would hope not. Now, if he is, then I guess I'll have to take that thankful thing away. But <laughs> I would I would imagine that he's gone. It seems like. Most players already already. have a lot of tension with him. Yeah, I'm surprised he's even still there. But so he's probably going to be gone next year. And in addition to that, as long as the Jets end up with the number one pick, which it looks like they will, they should have Trevor Lawrence uh, as their quarterback next year. And he'll be a much bigger difference maker for them. And they should, with them having high picks, they should be able to get some good pieces around him as well. So while things are not good right now, uh, for Jets fans, be thankful for the future because the future will be bright for them. And then we're going to go to the AFC North now, and I'm going to start off. Okay, so now we're going to do that. Okay, I was going to say now we had a oh. double transition there. I was going to say okay, uh, now we're going to the NFC North, and Eric's got the Ravens to talk about. In the AFC North. Oh, AFC. <laughs> Uh, yeah, AFC. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I was like, wait, what? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, yeah. So I, I've got the Baltimore Ravens uh, for the AFC North, and while Lamar Jackson may not be having as good of a year this year as he did in his MVP season last year, you still got a great dual threat quarterback on your team. You've got a lot of great pieces on that defense. John Harbaugh is a great coach. So while the Ravens may be on a bit of a losing streak right now, they still have plenty of optimism to look forward to the rest of this year. They can still make the playoffs. Uh, So definitely plenty of reasons to be thankful there for Ravens fans. All right. And then over in in Cincinnati, um, unfortunately, after yesterday, this, um, you know, we'll have to wait till next year to be thankful for it again. But um, something for the Bengals fans to look forward to. Um, definitely should be thankful that Joe Burrow is in town. 
Um, unfortunately, got injured, but I think he's probably the most dynamic uh, star player they've had since um, when A.J. Green was in his prime a few years ago. I think he's definitely going to be their franchise quarterback. He's looked great um, in the games we've seen him. He's got better every week up until his injury uh, yesterday. So I think that's um, Bengals fans should be thankful they have him and definitely look forward to next year and see if he can t- take another step forward. All right, so I've got the Browns next, and I think the Browns should really be thankful right now, first of all, that they're in the playoff hunt. This is a team, I believe, they've got the longest streak of missing the playoffs. So uh, the fact that it's almost uh, is past the midway point in the season and they're still they're right now in the playoffs, that's a, that's a thing they should be thankful for. But for their team specifically, uh, I, I'm saying the offensive line because – that was where they really were bad at last year, and they've improved greatly on the offensive line, and it's showing. Uh, they're probably leading the league in rushing with those running backs, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So it, it starts with the offensive line, and they greatly improved this offseason, and, and the results are showing now um, for the Browns. So we'll see if they can keep this up. I think they'll make the playoffs. Yeah, so, and then obviously we move on to the uh, the only undefeated team left in the NFL, the 10-0 Pittsburgh Steelers, and <clears throat> there's obviously a lot for the Steelers to be thankful for. Um, I mean, I could talk about the defense, but I feel like the defense was already there, and it's carried over from last year, so I guess probably the biggest thing that they have to be thankful for right now is that Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, and he's looking, you know, he's looking like his old self. I mean, he's not... He's not going to be competing for MVP awards or anything, um, you know, in the near future. But he's looking like his old self. He's healthy. And the offensive line, they should be thankful for the offensive line, too, because Roethlisberger has taken the least amount of sacks this year at any, than at any time in his career. So he should be very thankful that the offensive line is keeping him, keeping him clean and keeping him healthy because he can't be taking too many hits because if he goes down, then even though the defense is fantastic, if Roethlisberger goes down, I shudder to think what's going to happen to our offense without him. So um, definitely. And also, you know, Steelers fans in general, they just have to be thankful for the stability of the organization with like, you know, despite all the fans whining and complaining, you know, the owner still sticking <laughs> with Mike, still sticking with Mike Tomlin as the head coach and, you know, still sticking with the same coaching staff and, you know, I would wouldn't rather have anyone other than Tomlin coaching the team. So after the Steelers, we're going to move on to the AFC South. So this is going to be Eric's most painful moment on the podcast here, but he's going to have to talk about what the <laughs> Texans are thankful for. You got it, Eric. <laughs> yeah. Well, I well I will be talking about my Jags too, since we all had to get a team. Zach got the fortunate draw of just having the Jags so uh but I will try it's, to it's be, my podcast yeah, yeah exactly so I I will try to be uh, obviously as neutral as possible here even though I do not like this team um probably the biggest thing that I can think of for the Texans that I'd be thankful for would just be the fact that Bill O'Brien got fired I mean this guy made mistake after mistake after mistake and obviously the biggest one being trading DeAndre Hopkins for basically just David Johnson. Like it, didn't, a ham it, was, two separate, <laughs> it was two separate trades, but that's basically what it ended up being. I mean, if I was the owner, I would have probably fired him on the spot right there for that. I mean, that was such a horrible move. And while the Texans future is not bright, like I 
talked about how the Jets' future looks bright. The Texans don't have a lot of draft picks right now, thanks to Bill O'Brien trading them away. But you just got to be positive for now that you, you know, your bad coach is gone. And you still have Deshaun Watson as your quarterback, who is still obviously a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, probably top five, at, you know, when he's got a better cast around him. So, you know, you can be thankful for that, at least if you're going into a rebuild soon, that at least you already have your quarterback, which is the most important position. All right. So I've got the Indianapolis Colts, and I guess it's kind of hard to talk about the Indianapolis Colts because I feel like you know, Philip Rivers hasn't exactly played fantastic, so I don't see him coming back next season. But I guess they should be—they should probably just be thankful for Frank Reich. Honestly, I mean, you know, Zach was talking about that Brian Flores is turning into a really good coach, but I, in my opinion, Frank Reich is definitely like—he's got to be top five in the NFL right now for best coaches. Um, the way that he's managed to take an organization that many probably didn't even think should be competing for the playoffs this year. And, you know, the defense is at is probably is one of the best in the league. It's in the top five. And, you know, he's just been able to steer the ship and keep the Colts in contention. They did get a very fortunate thanks to a uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling in that game <laughs> against uh, the Packers this week, which we'll get yep. to in a little bit. But um, the fact that they're seven and three, uh, I don't know. I mean, I had them finishing in second in the AFC South, but I'm sure, I know a lot of people didn't expect them to be in this hunt for the division crown uh, this late in the season. So they definitely should be thankful for that. Oh, yeah. So I want to be the first one to talk about the Jaguars. And obviously we went 1-0 and everything looked optimistic, but we've lost <laughs> nine in a row since then. So it's hard to come up with a reason to be thankful but i'm mainly just that my hometown city of jacksonville still even has a team because it seems like every year we're always rumored to move to either like london or la or st louis or you know, anywhere but they they've stayed in shod khan has kept the team in jacksonville and i am at least grateful for that they they've still got a lot of things that i would like to see happen so i can't be too optimistic but um i'm glad we still have a team and i still have my hometown team to root for and then i'm gonna let zach share his reasons to be thankful for the jet <laughs> yeah that's that's something that really any other team shouldn't even have to worry about but oh, for us that, that's a it's a big <laughs> it's a big deal you know you can't go to sleep easy um that the team's gonna be in town for the next 10 years but um but yeah so as far as the team itself uh, there's some good pieces on the team. Miles Jack's having a career season, uh, one of the best linebackers in the NFL this year. And CJ Henderson's looked nice on the defensive side. Offensively, James Robinson, he's in the rookie of the year conversation. So there's good pieces. But most importantly, it's really, I'm, I'm thankful that we've seen Gardner play and we know that now he's probably not going to be the franchise quarterback. So. That's the thing. Now we know he's not going to be the long-term answer. And the good news is for the Jags is Fields is probably going to be there at number two because that's where I think we'll be drafting from. And he's looking like a good quarterback, I think. So the fact that um, that there's a, a second good quarterback in this draft after Trevor Lawrence, um, I'm happy for that. Um, yeah. 
All right, and then I'm finishing up the AFC South with the um, Tennessee Titans, and it's kind of an obvious um, answer, but I think if I was a Titans fan, I would be most thankful that um, they still have Derrick Henry around. The Ravens, he came in clutch in overtime to get them the win there, so um, obviously I would be... (laughs) I would like to have that guy around no matter what team yeah. I'm a fan of. I'd be thankful as a Titans fan that uh, they're able to work out um, an extension for, an, an extension, sorry, for him this past offseason and keep him and Tannehill around um, to keep that offense going. So, um, yeah. All right. So then onwards to the AFC West. And uh, we will – Eric has a, a bit of a trend of going first here recently. Um, but with the Denver Broncos, Eric, take it away. Yeah, so the Denver Broncos are not having as good of a year as they were expected. But I think they have uh, some things to be uh, thankful for. I mean, they've kind of like what Zach talked about with the Jags. I mean, while they haven't been as good, they still have a lot of good pieces on their team that they can work around. And they just kind of had the unfortunate deal of having a lot of injuries to key players like either before the season started or really early into the season. And obviously that can derail any team, but I think when they have all their pieces together, I think they can contend and be a good team. So while this year might not have been so great so far, they did just upset Miami, which was nice for them. And I think they've got a lot of bright spots and I think they have a lot of optimism for the future. So I would be thankful for that Broncos fans. And I took your team to the Super Bowl and Madden and me, Zach and Connor's franchise mode. I know that doesn't mean anything, but <laughs> 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 at least somewhere virtually they won. <laughs> I'll, I'll tr- trust me uh, not to rat on Dallas or anything, but you know, too bad, but Dallas Cowboys fans have been doing that all over Madden all the time. That's uh, where all those Facebook comments come from. Hey, us, ja- us Jags fans have too. Zach and I can attest to that. <laughs> all right, so over to Kansas City. Um, if you're a Chiefs fan, I don't think you really have anything um, to not be thankful for. You come out with so many uh, things for this team. Um, only lost one game so far, and they're looking like they're on their way to contending for another Super Bowl. Um, obviously, I mean, you can be I mean, thankful for Mahomes, for Tyreek Hill, for Clyde Edwards, Elaire coming on strong as a rookie. Um, really be thankful for the fact that they were able to maneuver the salary cap this year to keep all that top talent around for at least the near future and even add another guy in Le'Veon Bell at the trade deadline. Um, and I guess... Lastly, be thankful for the Raiders. Uh, totally forgetting to cover Travis Kelsey yesterday <laughs> or last night. So <laughs> my, fantasy the... thank- my fantasy team is thankful for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So avoided the season sweep to the Raiders um, with that. So I'd, I'd be pretty thankful for a lot of things right now if I was a Chiefs fan. Yeah, so I've got the Raiders, which is the team that Nate was just talking about. Uh, the Chiefs being thankful for beating the Raiders there, but um, the the Raiders did get their win against the Chiefs, so they're they're one and one, uh, which is good. I know Raiders fans have been they they've been on a long losing streak to the Chiefs, so they should be thankful that they snapped that losing streak. And also, too, it's starting to look look like they're um, 
as far as the other three teams in that in this division, they're starting to become clear in a way the best team this season. I don't think it's any debate right now. Nobody would say that the Broncos or Chargers will finish better than the Raiders. So that's something to be thankful for, being a clear uh, second place in the division. And the offense is something to be thankful for. I mean, it, it's starting to look dynamic, actually, with Josh Jacobs, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, and Derek Carr is actually... Um, for all the jokes that we've made about him before and how we never seem to think he's coming back to the team, he's still with them and he's uh, making a case. Mar- to Marcus Mariota has not taken over. Yet. No, 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 not at all. So it's be thankful that you guys have a quarterback that is playing pretty well right now. So um, whether it's Tim or Gruden, we'll never know, but uh, just be thankful that y'all are winning. Yeah. So I've got the chargers and, um, Definitely not a whole lot for the Chargers to be thankful for, but this is kind of an answer similar to what Eric gave with the Texans. Like, you know, the Chargers are probably going to be headed into a rebuild, but at least they should be very thankful for Justin Herbert. Um, You know, I don't think a lot of people, including myself, uh, didn't really think that Herbert was going to be that good coming into the NFL. And, you know, at least for this season, not accounting for, you know, in the future, because sometimes these quarterbacks have fantastic rookie seasons and then suck afterwards. <laughs> or Robert Griffin the third. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but so, um, yeah, I mean, they should be very thankful that, like, you know, similar to what, what, like what Eric said with the Texans, that they have their quarterback for the future and they just have to work on getting all the pieces around him. So, um, don't not not really sure if Anthony Lynn's going to be around for the foreseeable future, but definitely they have the quarterback and they have you know decent pieces. I mean, especially on defense with the likes of Joey Bosa and Derwin James uh, on the team to be able to um, you know build for the future. So that's what the Chargers should be thankful for. And then we're going to move on to the NFC East once again. Eric going first with the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Dallas Cowboys fans. Be thankful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Obviously, I mean, for every team in the NFC East, this season really hasn't gone the way they've wanted it to go. But um, uh, for the Cowboys, what I think they have to be grateful for is they have a lot of great pieces on that offense. And I know their offensive line has been banged up. And, of course, Dak got hurt, which has messed them up, but, um, so there, there may be uncertainty with the quarterback position going forward, but that wide receiver trio they have of Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup and CD lamb has been really good when everything has come together. Uh, CD lamb, especially, uh, watching him in that game against the Vikings yesterday, he made an insane touchdown catch, probably a catch of the year candidate, in my opinion. And he was getting involved on jet sweeps and punt returns. I mean, the guy's doing everything. So while this season may not have gone the way you want it to go, you've got a lot of great pieces on that offense going forward, no matter who the quarterback ends up being. Uh, just need to get a little work well, a lot of work done on that defense. And, you know, if you can get that done, then you've got a great team in the future. All right. So for the New York football giants, what they should be thankful for. And 
they should be very, very thankful for this, is the pitch that Eric made for them on our podcast a few weeks ago. Because ever since then, like Eric has alluded to in the past, ever since Eric made that pitch for them, they have looked like the best team in the NFC East. So the New York football Giants should be very thankful for Eric. <laughs> You're <laughs> welcome, New York fans. <laughs> I'm not sure they really have much else to be thankful for because who knows what's going to happen with Daniel Jones, but at least they have Eric Conger from uh, Victoria, Texas to be <laughs> thankful for. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe I know we always talk about uh... – you know, Connor should be hired as Giannis's agent, and Zach needs to be hired by coaches for time management training. Like, some team needs to hire me to be their like motivational speaker or something. You know? <laughs> I'll do it. Well, we always—I remember last year. We always like tend to speak things into existence. Like, do you guys remember that? Like, in last NFL season, like we we said so many things that ended up being true. Like, that was just another case this year. Uh, and then one, and, well, and then also, I mean, well, I'll mention this now that Eric and I actually spoke into existence that Nerlens Noel was going to go to the New York Knicks. Yeah, so. yeah, go to yeah. New York, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I don't really like it there. It's not a <laughs> place I would really prefer to live, but you know, paying you the right money. <laughs> um. Yeah. So now I've got the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and. Basically, we kind of got a trend going here. There's not a whole lot to be thankful for in Philadelphia this year. But if there's one thing that um, I've noticed is that I would be kind of thankful for their undrafted free agents that are making a, you know impact there. Um, you've seen Wentz has kind of been having a down year. Um, a lot of guys like they haven't really had a whole lot of production from their receivers. They've had some injuries, you know, had some guys underperforming. But they've had a couple guys like Travis Fulgham, the wide receiver, and um, Alex Singleton at linebacker who have kind of come in and been making plays so far. And both those guys were, I believe, undrafted, kind of bounced around the league a little bit before they ended up in Philadelphia. And um, I think to see them make an impact would be you know, a little bit reassuring to me as an Eagles fan that you have some kind of talent that was you know acquired on the cheap and they're making an impact. will probably be around next year, I would assume and got you know some pieces to build around hopefully they'll have a better draft than they have the last couple of years and um you know be back on get once back on track and uh have some more uh stuff to be thankful for this time next year all right so i've got the football team to finish up this division and uh, we've we've talked a lot of um past teams we've talked about certain players and bright spots on the team, but I'm going to take a real general approach on this. I'm just going to say, I know it's the most cliche thing in sports, but the culture, um, it seems to be getting better for them. And it, it really, I think it started with the name change. I uh, got rid of the Redskins. Hopefully they don't stick with the football team. Hopefully they pick like a real mascot um, moving forward. But yeah, I mean, uh, all the stuff that was happening in the summer, the allegations against Snyder, the Jay Gruden saga, all it was just a mess there. And then Ron Rivera stepped in. They won some games, but more importantly, the culture seems to be changing. It seems like this is actually a football team now. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, be thankful for the culture change. Hopefully, they'll uh, um, pick a cool nickname and uh, be a contender in this division, which is wide open for anybody. Yeah, seriously. 
So moving on to the NFC North, this is actually Eric is not going to go first this time. <laughs> so we got Woo! Zach starting out with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, so it, this was honestly out of all the teams I got assigned, this is the one I had to think the longest for. But um, two things for the Bears: one, their record—I can't even believe it—but they're five and five. <laughs> like, if you ask any Bears fan and t- and say at the start of the season you're going to be five and five. I guarantee you every Bears fan would be thrilled to hear that. They wouldn't even care how they became 5-5. Five and five. They would just be like, okay, 5-5 five and five is cool with me. Um, so be thankful for the record. And then Allen Robinson, he's super underrated. Um, but the guy just makes every catch possible. And, and I saw him in Jacksonville obviously be great. And he's continued that on. It wasn't like he got his money and then just faded into obscurity. He's actually... Uh, still been playing at a Pro Bowl level. So those are the things to be thankful for the Bears. All right, so for the Detroit Lions, um, kind of the same as Zach, this was probably my hardest one to try and come up with uh, to be thankful for. But, I mean, geez, I don't even know. Like, I guess for the Detroit Lions, what they should be thankful for is, I guess they should still be thankful for Matthew Stafford. Like, the fact that he is still, like, you know, the bright spot of this offense that even though the Lions continually don't even make an effort to put weapons around him and, you know, don't make the best draft picks and stuff like that, that Stafford is still going and he's still willing to be in Detroit and be a part of this team because, trust me, if it was any other quarterback, they probably would have been tired and have been demanding a trade uh, by this point. So I think they should also be thankful for uh, TJ Hawkinson, who's actually had a decent season this year. He's starting to come into his own. So, I mean, if they can develop Hawkinson and also if they can, if Kenny Galladay can get healthy, then this offense could be deadly. Um, They just, they just need to, the poor Lions have been so ravaged by injuries, like every single season that they just need to, they, 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 they know that if they can get healthy, that they can be a good team. All right, and I have the Green Bay Packers, and unlike Zach and Connor, this was really one of the easier teams for me. With obviously with how good they've been doing, I mean, obviously that's the first thing they got to be thankful for is that you know it just seems like year after year, no matter where they're projected or whatever happens, like they always they almost always seem to be in first place in the division, and you know at least at the minimum contending for the playoffs every year. Like as a Jaguars fan, I am so jealous of that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then obviously they also had to be thankful for the fact that they have Aaron Rodgers, and that I remember Zach brought up this out of in a previous episode, but they've only had Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre as their starting quarterbacks for the last like 25 years or something like that, which is just like, unheard of for a team to just have so few starting quarterbacks over a span that long. Um, so you've obviously had the consistent quarterback play for over two decades. Um, a lot to be, uh, a lot to be thankful for if you're a green Bay Packers fan. Nate, you're on mute by the way. There we go. Sorry. I thought I clicked the button. Um, <laughs> Uh, finishing up the division with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, if I was a Vikings fan, I'd be most thankful for Justin Jefferson coming on um, this strong as a rookie, uh, especially 
um, as a Pats fan, seeing our struggles with finding uh, new young receivers, um, seeing a guy like this, you know, performing and uh, producing this way in his first season is makes me really jealous. But um, he's been doing great. I'm making an impact and um, pairing him with Adam Thielen, I think, is helping Kirk Cousins case out a whole lot as well. I think if they didn't have um, Thielen's great on his own, but if they didn't have the two of them together this year, I think um, a lot more people will be calling for Kirk Cousins to be out of there after the way he's produced the last couple of years. So um, good for Kirk Cousins, good for the Vikings, and I'd be thankful to have a guy like that around for the next few years. All right, so moving on to the NFC South, we're going to have Nate kicking us off with the Atlanta Falcons. All right, and then Falcons have definitely struggled this year. Um, Not a whole lot to be thankful for. They already fired their coach, which I guess you could look at as um, being thankful if he really didn't like Dan Quinn that much. But um, I think really you could – I think it's less so about being thankful for what they have right now but I'll be more thankful for uh, the future draft pick they're going to have coming up uh, in April. I think definitely look forward to the offseason and rebuilding this team. Um, A.J. Terrell, the rookie cornerback from last year, has been um, definitely pretty solid so far. So you'd be thankful that they hit on a draft pick last year. And um, depending on what kind of coach they um, end up getting this offseason, what kind of direction the rebuild is going to take, um, hopefully they'll... Um, cash in with a similarly um, effective use of whatever pick they end up with. So um, I would just be more thankful that the future seems to be, you know, in a little better spot than it was a few weeks ago when Dan Quinn was still running the show. All right. So for my local team, the Carolina Panthers, um, I would say for the Panthers that they should be thankful for the youth that they have on this team. Um, Obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is not that young, but Teddy Bridgewater has been performing. Um, I mean, Christian McCaffrey's been hurt, but they still have Christian McCaffrey on the team. He's an all-pro. I mean, he's the best running back in the league when he's healthy. And they should be happy with the development of their young receivers. DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel have definitely taken a big step forward this year, Um, especially Curtis Samuel, who's kind of turned into like a gadget player for the most part. Like, he's kind of turned into that um, sort well... I guess I shouldn't say Ty Montgomery because he like pretty much just made the transition to running back. But Curtis Samuel can—he's kind of like Cordero Patterson. There we go. That's who I was thinking of. Like he can return punts, he can catch passes, he can come out of the backfield and take handoffs. Like he can do everything for this offense. So they should be thankful for that. And then obviously they should be thankful for the young guys on the defense coming along. Brian Burns has turned into a really good pass rusher. Um, they've got some young guys in the secondary that are coming along and Derek Brown's certainly coming along. So just the youth in Carolina, um, definitely a bright future ahead for the Panthers. Yeah. And Oh, sorry. Oh, oh sorry, sorry, sorry. I, I don't know. I, I, that was my turn. Go ahead, Eric. Oh, yeah, you're good. You're good. Um, so I've got the new Orleans saints got the drew Brees fan here. So that's why I will be talking about them. Uh, obviously they should be thankful that they're having another great season. And even though Drew Brees got injured, Taysom Hill filled in for them, uh, very nicely against the Falcons last week. And even if he were to go down or if they wanted to put in Jameis Winston, even though I'm not the biggest fan of him, he's still definitely more than capable of coming in if need be. So you have a 
the greatest system of quarterbacks in the NFL easily <laughs> uh, <laughs> top to bottom. Uh, so they had that to be thankful for, obviously. And I know Connor is thankful for this too. You have Alvin Kamara, who is just an insanely good running back uh, and very valuable since he's both a great runner and a pass catcher. Uh, definitely got to be thankful for him there. And uh, hopefully, you know, they can keep turning it around or you know, keep, Go pushing forward and you know make a you know good run into the playoffs this year. So and they can be thankful too that they uh, swept the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure Saints fans are thankful for that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So speaking of uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's who I've got to finish off the NFC South with. And uh, there's lots of things to be thankful for with this team. Obviously, you have the goat now, Tom Brady. So that makes going to any game more enjoyable. Uh, to see him in your colors and then just the the offense has been dynamic with all the superstar receivers they have Uh, but really the defense is I think the most thankful thing to be for with this team because the defense has surprisingly been better than the offense the last several weeks and um, I just saw Antoine Winfield Jr. get an interception on Goff literally just now that was actually Whitehead (laughs) oh it was Whitehead okay Um, but um I saw the W on the jersey, I guess. <laughs> uh, but yeah, is that, so the defense is keeping this team in some games, and um, they have the pieces around Brady. Brady's got that playoff experience, so we'll see. They'll just they'll make it to the playoffs, and then we'll see what, what happens from there. But Buccaneers fans should definitely be excited for the playoffs. All right, so then we're going to close with the NFC West, and uh, I'm starting with the Arizona Cardinals. And the Arizona Cardinals, this is a pretty easy one for me. Um, They should be thankful for Kyler Murray, and they should also be thankful for – I remember Eric actually mentioned this to me, that if I didn't mention this, then I would – I I was waiting if you were going to say it or not. (laughs) I would not be adequately addressing what the Cardinals were thankful for. But the the Cardinals, along with the Texans – well, not quite. The Texans should be thankful that Bill O'Brien got fired, but the Cardinals should be thankful that he stuck around for a little bit because they were able to get DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of chips and a ham sandwich from the Texans, and he's turned out to – I mean, he's still the best receiver in the NFL. I mean – it's really hard for me to – I know there's this debate like, oh, maybe it's Julio Jones, maybe it's Michael Thomas. Like, in my opinion, DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the NFL. Um, and he's really helped Kyler Murray to develop his game. And I think they should also be thankful for Chase Edmonds coming on. I don't think anybody really saw him uh, turning into a potential pro bowler before the season started. You know, they were kind of looking at like the run game as being a weak spot of the Cardinals with only Kenyon Drake, but – um, Chase Edmonds has really come on uh, as of late and, um, the Cardinals are definitely in a position to make the playoffs and possibly go on a deep playoff run if everything goes right, which I don't think a lot of people would have thought before the season started. All right. And then over in Los Angeles, um, I would be thankful for, um, I've taken everything into consideration this year. They're in a good spot. Um, be thankful for the success they've had so far. Um, overall, um, just looking at this team, obviously you got Aaron Donald, um, some good guys all around the roster, but I'll be thankful for um, Sean McVay just because in the long term, what's really struck me is that Jared Goff, has his numbers haven't been incredible this year, but he's looking like you know a more solid quarterback, and just in my opinion, and I think I'll be thankful that they got Sean McVay in there a couple years back and they didn't have to make 
um, Goff suffered through another year of Jared um, Jeff Fisher. Um, that first year he was on the team as his rookie year, <laughs> he looked awful. And just having a guy like that around, um, it's kind of like a stagnant uh, coach like that. I think where really messed up his coach. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Like that would have really messed up his development. So I'm, I think if I was a Rams fan, I'd be thankful that. Um, and obviously Sean McVay hasn't been a perfect coach. Um, he's had some ups and downs, but I think getting a creative younger guy in there to help Jared Goff along has really paid off long term. So um, the Rams are in a good spot right now. Yeah. Um, sorry, Eric, I just cut you oh, off again, man. man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I've got my last team is the San Francisco 49ers and kind of a similar thing that I've had with a good amount of the teams that I've talked about tonight. Uh, you know, we had a lot of injuries and things like that. And obviously that hurt you. And, you know, so that there's been a lot, you know, it's been very difficult to come up with a lot of things to be thankful for, for the 49ers fans this year. But you were just recently in the Super Bowl, and while they didn't win that, it's still obviously a good feeling to make it that far. So you can still reminisce <laughs> on having that. And then also, while most of the season the team wasn't healthy, and the times where the 49ers have all been healthy and they've had the full squad together, they've still looked like a really good team. So I think 49ers fans can you know, be thankful that, you know, George Kittle is still a top two tight end when healthy. Their running game was still really good when they've had everybody healthy. Debo Samuel has looked good when he's been healthy. Uh, you still got the question marks at quarterback, but you still got a lot of great pieces on this team going forward and going into next season. If they stay healthy, I, I think the 49ers can be contenders again. So just, so hang in there 49ers fans. <laughs> And then I will wrap this up with the 32nd team, last but not least, the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, yeah, we're not talking the... about the Jets right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Obviously, with the Seahawks, I Russell Wilson, obviously, he's been the reason why they're even relevant this year, considering how bad the rest of the, the team is, especially the defense. So uh, he's, he's, I think Russell Wilson is starting to turn into – the taken for granted sort of quarterback, kind of like the Drew Brees, um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Peyton Manning sort of mold, where uh, he's not like being called the goat or anything like Brady has been, but just year in and year out, consistently great quarterback, um, and they, he's just being taken for granted for. I think it, he's just keeping up his excellence uh, despite the team starting to. Uh, not be as good as it was when he first started with Seattle. So uh, that's going to wrap it up uh, for the Thanksgiving theme part of this episode. So hopefully everybody heard their team um, and uh, something to be happy for this holiday season for, for their football team. Now we'll switch it over to uh, the games of the week. Um, due to time, I'm going to cut out one of the games and we'll only talk about the Packers and Colts game. So the, the Colts won this game in overtime, and I think they th this meant more for the Colts than for the Packers. I think because the Packers seem to have the division basically locked up. It's not official or anything, but everybody thinks the Packers will win. But the 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 race in the AFC South between the Colts and Titans 
is a very narrow margin. And the with the Titans winning that close game earlier in the day, it was huge for the Colts to keep pace and win this game. And um, I think they've got some offensive issues, but defensively, I've been shocked by how good this team has been this season. Um, week one, they did not look good at all against the Jaguars defensively, but I saw in, in fantasy football for what that's worth, they're like leading the leading the league in fantasy points. So uh, the Colts have been a surprisingly good defense, and I think this means more positive for the Colts than it does bad for the Packers. I still think the Packers are overrated. I think they'll be out in the first round of the playoffs, potentially, unless they play uh, the NFC East. But um, there's still questions with the Packers, but a huge, huge win for the Colts. Does anyone want to add on anything else to this? And then we can uh, go to lockboard. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much covered everything. Okay. Like it, was, it was, it was. I mean, yeah, it was important for the Colts to keep pace with them. And, I mean, they really probably have been one of, I mean, them and the Dolphins have probably been two of the biggest shocks in the AFC this year, like, with how good they've been. So, I mean, like I said, like I said earlier, I had the Colts in second <laughs> in the AFC South, but I never would have thought they'd, they would be seven and three right now and, you know, tied with Tennessee for first. Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll we'll keep things moving along here, guys. We'll go now to the lock board, and let's take a look at last week. So we were referencing how bad it was. Nate told us uh, the two right picks that we, that, uh, we had. Nate getting that five-pointer puts him in first place for the week. Me getting that three-pointer, as crazy as that sounds, is all I needed to get second place because Connor and Eric both got zeros. Um, lots of red on this board, lots of... Uh, missed opportunities and i felt pretty confident connor felt confident too with his locks um so let's let's take a look now at the the total standings we've been keeping this up since week one of the nfl season and a new first place i'm in first place right now by three points (laughs) uh it's not rigged guys it's not rigged for me but uh yeah i'm in first with 51 connor's in second with 48 the we had the tie last week and then in a distant third, Nate now has taken over third place with 34 points. Eric in last with 33 points. And I believe that's a 18-point differential now between last and first. So that's that's where things stand now. But uh, because of the last week's lock board, Eric's going to be picking first. Connor's got the second pick. I've got the third pick, and Nate has got the fourth pick. Um, so Eric, hopefully you've studied the lock board here and let's hear where you're going to go with that first pick. Not, you know, not to make any excuses if I do bad this week, but, uh, I got stuck at work later than normal. So really (laughs) haven't had a ton of time to look this over, but, uh, for my first pick, there's just, there's not a lot of three point options on the college side of the ball. So I'm going to take. Iowa State to beat Texas. All right. Yeah, that probably seems like the most uh, most likely out of those to go. Yeah, so, it's now. yeah. So, in my head, I do think that Tulsa beating Houston might be slightly more likely. But since it is my team, <laughs> I'm going to take, and I believe in them. Because I think Notre Dame is quite overrated. I'm going to take the UNC Tar Heels to beat the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. 
All right. I hope it happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So for people not looking now, we are down to only one remaining college three-point pick this week. It, there's a lot of five-pointers, but there's only one college three-point pick left. So uh, this this is going to be an interesting week for sure. Uh, I've got the third pick now because I finished in third, uh, second place last week. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the NFL side. I'm gonna take the Titans to beat the Colts this week. Um, Indy's the four point favorite, so I'm gonna take Tennessee to win outright. Get that three points, hopefully. Uh, Nate, let's end the round here. Where are you gonna go? All right, I'm gonna end the round and I'm gonna end the uh, college three point column. I'm gonna take Tulsa <laughs> over Houston. <laughs> I knew I knew those would I knew those would all be gone before the first round was over. I called that. Yeah. Hey, you want to leave me that one, man? Come on. Oh. <laughs> so I, as I said too, I'm hoping that uh, I'll be fine if uh, North Carolina beats Notre Dame, since I don't like Notre Dame. But uh, Zach, for your pick, I just I kind of hope that game ends in a tie. So sorry. <laughs> I hope it's like zero to zero. No one scores the whole time, and it's the most. That would be something. Ever. A zero to zero. <laughs> That's, hey, we, we've spoken things into existence on this we podcast have, before. Yeah. So I'm trying with all my might. Okay, so for my second pick, um, this is not a pick I would normally make here, and I'm not even necessarily super confident in it. But since I am farther behind, I obviously need to start you know, trying to pick some more five pointers. I did last week, but it didn't work, but I've just, I've got to keep trying. Uh, I'm going to take the uh, Chicago bears as the eight and a half point underdog to beat the green Bay Packers. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Not very confident in that, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that could be a five pointer. Well, thankfully for my sake, I have a five pointer that I'm much more confident in than that one. Um, because, and I'm picking this basically for the reason that it's the Big 12 and it is the most volatile conference in the country and anything can happen. And Oklahoma has had some really bad looking games this Mm -hmm. year. So I'm going to take West Virginia to beat Oklahoma. Uh, I guessed it right. (laughs) Once you said that. I was hoping that one was going to be around for me later. (laughs) (laughs) Steal there. Okay, so luckily for me, I wasn't eyeing that. I've got the next pick here. Um, I'm going to go five-pointer, and I'm going to go Maryland to upset Indiana. Um, wow, Indiana's got a good team, but pretty, I pretty bold, con- it's, considering that it's they came, bold. they almost beat Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing, almost. It's like, you know, it it's, could be, like, emotional for them. Like, dang, we were so close, and then they sleep on a Maryland team, which I think has been quietly kind of good um they've got two his younger brother there and we'll see we'll see if um if maryland can get that upset but i i feel confident with it uh nate let's uh end the second round here with another pick all right so i'm gonna go over to the nfl and take the los angeles chargers over buffalo bills ain't got a feeling that justin herbert's finally gonna um get his first big one as a pro yeah i could see that i could see that um okay so now that's the end of the second round let's go to the start of the third round eric are you gonna go risky again with another five pointer uh i was thinking about it i don't really see any other 
one that I believe in, though. So, and unfortunately, my uh, the team that's been getting me the most points lately, the New York Football Giants, are not underdogs. <laughs> so I don't really have a reason to pick them. So, out of the possible three-point plays uh, left in the NFL. Um, I am going to go with the football team to beat the Cowboys. Uh, Eric, you suck. Yeah, well, I know Andy Dalton, but these teams played, uh, these teams played each other last time. I mean, it wasn't Washington DC last time, but that defensive line just destroyed the Mm -hmm. Cowboys O line and, Andy Dalton like got knocked out so bad he lost memory short like short term memory and stuff like it was crazy so um I while I don't want it to happen I I think that's the best three point play available <laughs> on a side note uh the red the football team does not actually play in Washington DC <laughs> well whatever <laughs> Washington's All right, well, home team <laughs> well I will say if last week has taught me anything it's the need for t- making safe picks and getting guaranteed points. So with that in mind, I am going to go with, I was going to take an NFL game this week for safe picks, but I mean, some of these like are in my mind, a little volatile just because a lot of the teams are at home and who knows how they're going to perform. So I'm going to go with the safest college pick in my mind. And that is going to be Florida over Kentucky. Yeah. I think that's a, definitely going to be a safe one. Connor likes that uh, that safe one pointer. I don't blame him, man. After that last week, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I I'm not a huge proponent on that, but I'm I'm gonna. Luckily, Eric didn't take the one that I really wanted for the NFL, and maybe maybe Connor will enjoy this pick. But I'm gonna take the Ravens to beat the Steelers. <laughs> I know it well, never. Happens. Okay, well, so. so. Mark my words here. The Steelers are going to blow out the Ravens <laughs> because <laughs> because That's both t- both times that Zach has taken the AFC North team over the Steelers, they've been blowouts. So yeah, I know. Yeah. It's good. Steelers have to lose once. <laughs> I was actually uh, on a on a side note. I was actually uh, I was at the car dealership today and I was talking to a guy who like you know I was wearing my Steelers mask and he was like. He's like, you think the Steelers are going to lose the game this year? I was like, I don't know. We'll see. We probably, I said, I think we might. He said, it's probably good for you, like, you know, just to have one loss, like, so that way you, your head doesn't get too big. And I'm like, I don't know about that. But. I don't, I, <laughs> no, you win as much as you can. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Last pick in the draft uh, goes to you, Nate. Uh, Mr. Irrelevant pick here for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So, yeah, it's kind of a tough week for picks i don't think i really want anything else from the nfl so i'm gonna take a little gamble here on college and go with colorado over usc still don't totally know what to make of the pac-12 so i think um 13 points is kind of a big spread there so see what happens i I agree that was (laughs) uh out of the five pointers left that would have been my my most likely one too so there you have it guys uh pull the screen up here so you can get one last look but these are our locks for this week now considering how bad they've been the past couple weeks you might want to reverse lock 
if you're doing yeah. any gambling this weekend Versus. but um <laughs> hopefully not hopefully we can get some credibility back with these um yeah. but yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes uh so we're gonna end the show now with some around the hoop and uh, like i said last week it was just all the basketball offseason just jammed into one week it was just madness um with the draft and then two days later free agency so we've divided it up so we don't do everything all in one week today we're going to focus on the draft and next week we're going to focus on what happened in free agency so uh with the draft for this week our clutch crew mock draft didn't turn out so good we only had two correct picks um a lot of close picks you know one or two away which is hard to get exactly right Especially with not doing as much research. I will say for our sake, with the um, with the picks that we made, even though we only got two correct, out mm-hmm. of the 14 lottery picks, we correctly picked 12 of the lottery, yeah. 12 of the 14 lottery players. Yeah, so that was good. That, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and then after the lottery, um, it, it was less exciting exciting but still um we'll talk about it so we've got winners and losers i've put up here i'll let nate pick first nate do you want to hear the good news or the bad news and then that's where we'll go first (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know i guess the good news it's always okay a nice thing. <laughs> I, I always I always pick the bad news first. I don't, I don't know why. I'm I That's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but, but Nate's Nate's picked news. Nate's pick for the good news first, guys. So that's what we'll do. <laughs> um so I put four teams up on here. Um and then we'll go through we'll look at what they did. So the Kings, um, for a reminder who the Kings actually ended up taking, uh they got Halliburton who at that point, number 12, I thought that was totally unlikely to happen. Um, I was shocked that he was there. And then when the Kings got him, I was like, that's a really smart pick for them. A backup to De'Aaron Fox and definitely the best player available still. Um, I, I think Halliburton's going to be, his his floor is really low is what I've heard. So the Kings, surprise, the Kings usually mess things up, but this time I think the Kings actually are one of the teams coming out and looking like a winner on top. Um, now, I want to talk about the Wizards real quick with Eric because Eric had, um, you in our mock draft had Danny or the uh, Avita guy, um, the the Israeli uh, basketball player who we hadn't really heard much from, but you had him mocked at five. So you were pretty high on him. You had him going to Cleveland. He ended up going at the at pick number nine to Washington. And I've seen a lot of um, people say that this is like the steal of the draft. Um, so you you think that this is a yeah, good move for I Washington? Mean, I, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, I wasn't – I don't watch as much like college basketball and stuff like that as you guys do. And obviously he's from Israel, so you know, there's not as much to know about him. But from what I researched, though, when I was researching all the projected lottery players, I felt like out of the – you know, the obvious top three picks that I felt like he was one of the best available players after that, in my opinion. So I was definitely surprised that he fell all the way to the Wizards. So I definitely have to give the Wizards some kudos for picking him up. Yeah. Um, Another one here I've got on the winners is the Detroit Pistons because (laughs) 
I saw that. Okay, so I I got it right that they took Killian Hayes, which I think was good for them to pick a point guard there. Now, when we get to the Pistons next week, we will definitely have a lot to talk about. But uh, for the draft, I thought they hit it nicely. They got Hayes, and then uh, they ended up trading. Let's see, it was that pick sixteen from the Trailblazers. They got Isaiah Stewart. They didn't really give up much in that trade either, and they also got Sadiq Bay. And Sadiq Bay was someone that Connor took uh, at the end of the lottery round um, to uh, Sacramento at number 12. So, uh, Connor, speak for uh, Sadiq Bay a little bit and uh, the three Pistons draft picks here that put him in the winners. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, at least speaking from Sadiq's Bay uh, point of view, I know one of the reasons why I wanted that I thought he'd be a good fit for Sacramento was because he's really. For his size, he's a player that can really stretch the floor. I mean, he's a six eight play. I mean, you know, he's not quite in that Carl Anthony Towns realm of oh, he's a stretch five, but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> three pointer. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he's a great shooter. He's a you know he's and he you know he's coming out of Villanova. Villanova always. I mean, it's kind of like you know maybe not quite on the level as of Kentucky, but like you know anytime you see a Villanova player in the NBA, like they usually turn out to be pretty good. So. Um, he's coming out of a great organization. He's got a great skill set. And the Pistons, I do think they got a little bit of a steal with him because a lot of people had him up in the lottery and the Pistons were able to uh, scoop him up later in that trade with the Nets. But um, it, yeah, it's going to be interesting because I think the Pistons definitely, they have a, I, I know we're each going to talk about our team here a little bit later, but um, they definitely had, they're kind of like the Hornets in the way that they had a really good draft, but not so good later. So it'll be interesting to see um, with them, if they can balance out what they did, Yeah. but the draft was definitely a bright spot for them. They got the pieces that they needed to maybe, maybe start working their way back up and getting into a playoff <laughs> spot. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And then surprisingly, this is, this is shocking, but uh, a team <laughs> that I put up here um, was the Knicks for number eight, because they ended up getting the guy, uh, Obi Toppin from uh, Dayton, and it was I rumored Lee brought up somehow it was known that the Knicks coming into the draft really wanted Toppin, and the fact that they didn't have to trade up to get him because I had him in the mock going four to Chicago, so I thought there'd be no way the Knicks could get him unless they traded up. The fact that they didn't have to do that. Um, and they still got him as well as later on, they had another pick. They did some trading around. Um, they got Emmanuel quickly, uh, which I think was a good pick. He's a Kentucky guy. So, uh, good, good chance. He's going to end up being a, at least a solid player for them. So the Knicks, I thought had a huge, uh, surprisingly good draft getting Toppin, who I thought was one of the best players in the draft. And then, uh, quickly later on with some trades, the Nick the Knicks did themselves a fine job here. Um, it was they definitely didn't screw it up. <laughs> you know, they didn't take somebody you never heard of at number they didn't eight. Pull a New York Knicks. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> now it's just keeping keeping this guy happy and making sure he doesn't want to leave right away like they did with Porzingis. Um, but yeah, the Knicks surprisingly winners for the draft. And now we've got four losers, and one of them. I have assigned it's not really a team, but we all feel this way. I know we all do. But the way the NBA draft is run is 
terribly run oh, compared boy. to the compared to like any other sport because the because the way the trades work is they're not official or approved when they happen so they're like trading the rights to the players but the way the tv coverage of the draft is um you'll see for example like the thunder make a pick who's going to chicago who's now going to utah who's now going to washington in a trade like it's just like why can't you just put up the team where he's actually going to instead of making them wear the hats of teams that they don't play for and then when and it's really confusing too when you look on some websites and you see oh the um the thunder picked quickly no he's really a nick but maybe if you looked five minutes earlier you'd see oh he's going to the timberwolves no he's going to the knicks it's just the way the trades work and everything in um the draft and in the coverage and the logos and the hats it's just really difficult to understand and follow it's it's in pot i it's so hard to follow the draft especially after the top couple picks um but it i it frustrates me every year connor i know you feel the same way like, yeah i mean I, as I know we've talked about we talked about this last year too and like we're gonna keep talking about it until they change it because it's just like you know in the nfl like you mentioned okay so if there's a trade like okay say we're on pick number eight and it's like the vikings pick but then they trade it to the seahawks so then roger goodell comes out and he's like okay you know the vikings have traded their pick to the seahawks and then with the eighth pick, the Seahawks, like they don't say mm-hmm. the Vikings, they say the Seahawks picked blah, blah, blah. But it's like, yeah, with the NBA draft, I mean, it's kind of like for me, too, you talk about trying to keep track of it after the fact. You know, I didn't even realize that the Hornets had a fourth draft pick. Like, I thought they just had the three. Like, you know, they picked ball and, you know, they had like their normal picks. But I didn't even realize they traded for another one when I saw like a four. I was like, what? Like, when did that happen? And it's just because these trades never get announced and they never get, you know, like even when you're following your own team, it's impossible to yeah. figure out exactly like who we drafted and like who I should be like, okay, like, yeah, this pick was for sure our pick. We didn't trade it. So it's, it's just ridiculous. I don't know. I mean, it's like, obviously in the NBA, they have this whole thing. It's like, Oh, they're like, like you said, they're trading the rights and the trade has to be approved, which is really stupid. I don't know why yeah. the commissioner has to approve the trades. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, I actually remember that being a controversy a little over 10 years ago when, like, there was a, this was back when Kobe Bryant was, like, you know, still in his prime with the Lakers, and there was the possibility that the, the at the time, the New Orleans Hornets were going to trade Chris Paul to the Lakers, but Commissioner Stern, like, denied that trade, like, didn't allow it to happen, and it's like, why should the commissioner have the power to deny trades when, like, teams agree to them? Yeah. So I I don't know. It's really stupid. I I'm sure Eric feels the same way too. Yeah. I mean, just to kind of piggyback off what you guys were talking about. I mean, I remember last year was the first year I really sat down to watch an NBA draft in a really long time, and I was excited with that draft because of the three guys coming out from Tennessee that were going into the draft. So I really wanted to see where they went, and I like. Like Grant Williams was drafted by the Celtics straight up. Like there wasn't any confusion there. But I remember when Admiral Schofield and Jordan Bone got drafted. I don't remember who originally drafted them. It was but... it was the seventy sixers had Schofield and then I think the Hawks took Bone. Yeah. So I remember especially like being excited for Schofield because I was like, Oh my God, like he's on the seventy sixers. Like that that's a contending team. That's awesome. And 
And I and then I went to bed and then I woke up and it was like, oh no, Admiral Schofield's actually on the Wizards and then uh, Jordan Bones actually on the Pistons. And I'm like, <laughs> wait, what just happened? Like, <laughs> I know, I don't same. know. And then, and then with the guys, like when they get drafted and you know they're originally drafted by the Lakers, but they're actually going to the Wizards. But then they're wearing the Lakers hat in the interview, and it's, it all it looks so dumb. I. I <laughs> I mean, I, at least yeah, make, at least don't make a, even if you're not going to announce, you know, officially announce the trades like the NFL does, like at least don't make them wear a hat of a team they're not even going to play for. I know. Like, come on, man. And I actually saw it because it, it was all virtual this year. I saw one player. Um, they put they put like a hat. I don't remember the team, but it was a draft. It was a trade. So they put the team that made the pick. Um, they put his hat on and then like his dad or something like threw that threw that hat off to the ground i was so i was laughing so hard <laughs> yeah because <laughs> he's like you know you don't want my son like screw you like <laughs> so that was cool um and then it looked like they were trying to find i think it was like the pelicans they were trying to find the pelicans had to put on him but they didn't find it in time and the maybe the maybe the commissioner was like turn the camera off turn the camera off we can't have him in a non-official hat that he didn't get picked for with the rights to like so oh whatever, <laughs> I don't know, but, but even yeah, just, that's... even just reading it on your screen, like with some of the draft picks, it's like drafted by this team, but traded to this team after first being dealt by this team, and it's like <laughs> it's it, it it's hard to even read it. Like, <laughs> I'm like, wait, which team is this guy on? Like, <laughs> I have to like um, really think about it. It shouldn't be that difficult. Yeah. Uh, so we have some more losers though, and and actual losers here. So, Eric, I want. I want to hear what you have to say about your Thunder and and why they are a loser in the draft. Dude, I mean, <laughs> the Thunder have been just like a mixed bag of emotions for me this offseason. Like, well, you thought it that, was bad when they picked Baisley last year. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. It's just like some of the trades they made, I was like, all right, that was really good. They picked up this guy. And then, like, before I even, like, ate my next meal then the guy wasn't even on the team anymore right they traded him for something else and i just i i'm gonna get i'll get into more of it in the next episode with free agency that's probably where i'll talk more about that but with the draft i mean part of what we got in the chris paul trade was ricky rubio which i was fine getting rid of him i was fine with not necessarily keeping him but we traded him and then our other two first round draft picks that we had to move up eight spots to get a guy I've never heard of. And then when researching the guy we picked, it's like, oh, he's a developmental guy. It's probably going to take him at least at least three years to develop his game. And I'm like, like a, a draft and stash. Like. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, why are you? drafting a guy like that if he's only going to be like in the g league or something i mean with in the first round like maybe you know with a second round pick sure like that's fine but i felt like there were better players available and we didn't like i know zach kind of mentioned this before we started recording but we didn't even draft up into the we didn't even trade up into the lottery to draft one of the more you know, potentially good players in the draft. Not that this was a strong class, but we could have got somebody better with all those draft picks we had. Like, I don't know, man. I, I feel like the Timberwolves came away. Like, I know Zach didn't mention them as a winner, but I feel like they came away with a big steal there 
getting Ricky Rubio and two first round draft picks, which they did other things with, mm-hmm. but by getting all of that, just to move down eight spots in the draft. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I, the Timberwolves fleeced us on that one for sure, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, the Thunder have just left me with a lot of head scratchers and then obviously like the second round picks they got, like it was the same thing as the guy in the first round, like, Oh, like, you know, they've got a lot of work to do. They're going to need at least three years to develop. And I'm like, why, like, why does it like every year, it seems like we draft like development guys and stuff. I'm like, get somebody good, man. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I just, the Thunder had just had a horrendous off season for me. (laughs) Yeah. It's been, uh, it's been due. It, the the amount of moves that the thought like you can't even keep track of dude, who's I, could, team. <laughs> so, dude I would literally <laughs> like i would be at work and it'd be like i like i'd start my shift and i'd be like okay we last night we got ricky rubio and kelly Ubre and then by the end of my shift like oh we traded away ricky rubio and kelly Ubre i'm like well, what are we doing and then, like, well, that, some, of the, some of the guys they picked up i don't know what were you gonna say Connor? oh i was just saying i was like that's the funny part about how we were talking about it, it was hard to keep up with the nba like you know draft picks like where they were going it's like forget trying to keep up with all 30 all 30 teams and their trades just trying to keep up with the thunder alone has been a <laughs> challenge and then like we trade this guy away for a 2027 lottery protected first round pick it's like man what are we gonna do with that like, that's like over a half a decade before we're gonna use that pick like god man like we we need to get stuff now like uh, anyway sorry I, that's I, frustrating yeah i'm gonna stop I, now okay. um yeah so eric did rant this episode uh, uh, i was trying to be thankful but it didn't i, I couldn't make it to the end. yeah so one of the other losers we have are the Chicago Bulls, and it's funny. I'm looking back on on our mock draft, and we had Toppin going four to the Bulls, and then we had Williams going eight to the Knicks, and it was an exact flip flop. So of course we're gonna flip flop the winner and loser. The Bulls, what were they doing? Try drafting Williams, and uh, I know Eric was talking about that developmental player. Williams is another developmental player. He's he's not expected to be an impact player right away. We were hope, or not we, but the NBA people, the Woj and stuff, those guys were saying he should probably go to a contending playoff sort of team so that way he can develop in better. But he's going to a team where the Bulls, where he's going to be expected to be a contributor right away. I think it's going to mess him up a little bit. I don't love the fit. Wasn't best available. We've been saying all all on Chicago take best available. And they could have gone Toppin. They could have gone Avita. They could have gone Halliburton. I wouldn't have blamed them with any of those three picks right there. They could have picked any three of those guys. I wouldn't have blamed them. But they took Williams, and that that just started it. And then also, too, if you knew you were going to take Williams, trade. you should have done a trade with the Knicks because the Knicks probably would have traded with you um, to move up to get Toppin. And then, yeah, but, the, but Toppin ended up falling to them anyways, and they stayed where they were. They didn't get anything with that. They didn't move back. Just a big L for Chicago, and I know Bulls fans aren't happy with it, and Florida State fans are the only ones like, "Oh, this is a good pick." Like, <laughs> well, the, the the Chicago Bulls definitely uh, they kind of pulled the New York Giants slash Las Vegas Raiders move of the draft right there, where like they take someone that they really shouldn't be taking at that spot, and then it just starts like a whole chain of events, like you know, all the teams 
underneath them or like yeah. you know having options that they didn't even think that they would have yeah really um so they're a loser and then finally i put um this isn't as big of a loser but i did think the jazz were interesting for picking a, a duka azabuki uh the center from kansas and i remember he started out his career at kansas um really high highly rated but he ended up um, not being like a one and done sort of player, which always kind of raises your eyebrows a little bit when you're expected to be a one and done. And you don't end up being a one and done. And for him to go in the first round, I thought of him as more of like a um, second round prospect sort of guy, real raw. He's a shot blocker, um, but doesn't provide a whole lot of offense. Um, I I was just kind of surprised, especially with them having Gobert like. Uh, for them to pick another center, like kind of similar to Gobert, not a not an offensive center. I didn't like the fit, and I didn't like the pick as high as it was for the Jazz. I, um, if I was watching, if I was a Jazz fan, and I was watching like a Jazz fan stream with uh, uh, fans, I wouldn't. I think there would have been a lot of boos at that event because. I don't think uh, it's the late first round, so you can't put too much blame on them there. But um, still, I I think when you look back, that's going to be a pick when you go through this draft and you're looking at these guys like, oh, he was good for a year. Oh, he was good for a year. And then you see a Duke Azabuki and be like, what? Like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So um, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see how he does. Um, I definitely don't think he'll be Joel Embiid, like they were saying a long time ago. But, uh, but yeah, so that's uh, that's going to wrap it up for the winners and losers of the NBA draft. And like I said, next week we have free agency and uh, it's early. We haven't finalized the winners and losers for that, but it seems like there's going to be a lot more losers on that list um, than winners. So, yeah, we'll, well see. Uh, you know, we were talking about how, uh, um, you know, Eric was kind of ranting on the thunder. There's going to be a heavy Heavy rant from me <laughs> next week on yes. the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> stay, stay tuned for that, guys. Stay tuned for that. But, yeah, uh, that's going to wrap it up. Uh, uh-huh. I, I was just going to say real quick, uh, next week between Zach, Connor, and myself, we could all have a contender for rant of the year next week. So, like, <laughs> if you yeah. like rants, tune in next <laughs> <Tuesday>. <laughs> Yeah. So that's going to wrap it up, guys. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed, and we'll be back next week with some more NBA rants when we look at free agency. And uh, uh, we'll be back. Hopefully our NFL teams all get wins this week. And uh, have a great Thanksgiving, everybody. (laughs) Bye. Seriously. (laughs) Damn, Eric. (laughs) Peace.